you know, feeling crappy about yourself, if you want freedom, you know, to have, you know, a strong, healthy body and a clear mind, then that's going to take a level of discipline. And so if you fall off the rails, if you do something that's, you know, that's not right, you know, with your lifestyle, um, don't throw it in, don't give up, don't go to your, your corner and cry. You know, the main thing is get, get your hustle back and get back in there and grind it. Welcome to the Man of War with Rafa Kandi. The mission of this podcast is to forge men into warriors, to be transcendent leaders, protectors, and providers. You will strengthen your mindset, increase your self-confidence, and fortify your self-discipline as you become battle-ready to dominate all facets of your life. As always, listen at your own risk. Rise a warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War. My name is Rafa Kandi, and of course, I am a man here on a mission to transform you into a modern-day warrior. And yes, we are focused. We are laser beam focused in the resurgence of the warrior in our modern-day society. We're bringing it back. Now listen, so much here has been going on over the last few months. Talk about the Man of War Crucible, August 14th through the 18th. Listen, if you are ready, if you're ready to take it up to another level, if you're ready to join us in the Man of War Society and become one of our brothers here, go apply right now. Submit your application at menofwarcrucible.com. That's M-E-N of War Crucible.com. All right, on another note here, and get ready, hang on to your hat. December 14 and 15, Fort Lauderdale Beach in the Ritz-Carlton. Yes, I am fucking stoked. The Conclave of Warriors 2. If you loved it last year, I got to tell you, this year is going to be completely off the chain i mean we're talking about an entirely different level here we're going to be scaling it big time check this out we're going to have the main stage presentation of course then we're going to have a vip meet and greet followed by early morning sessions right there on the beach self-defense and fitness sessions and of course we're going to have our popular breakout and q a sessions and the inner circle sanctum luncheon Without a doubt, this is going to be the most empowering event of the year. All right, this is a a different type of event. If you think this is just a conference, a sales type um, meeting or seminar or whatever the fuck, it has nothing to do with that. Our guest speakers are going to connect with you, and that is the essence of this, right? Conclave means an area where people gather together, kind of like a secret area, you know, closed door, private section. Right, this is what it's about. It's about individuals that are looking to strengthen their mindset, to reframe their thought process, to be able to connect with others that are like-minded and are walking in that warrior's path in life and being able to, to step up and say, you know what? I came, I was involved in this, I learned so much, and and more importantly, to maintain friendships and brotherhoods that are built. Listen, I saw it with my own eyes. The last conclave was just unreal. Myself and Rachel were still, to this point, so thankful for the, the type of support that we received, especially after that event, some great feedback. And just go to the conclaveofwarriors.com and check it out. Listen, if you weren't part of it last year, don't miss it this year. You'll be doing yourself a great disservice. The guest speakers that we have this year are unbelievable. 
we are going to bring the fucking roof down. I'm telling you this. We're going to blow it off. Um, some great speakers, and we're very unique. We're very specific on who we want and what we want to disseminate out there because we want good quality information. And more importantly, we want to make sure that the guest speakers connect with you. Listen, right now, as we speak, we have pre-sale tickets. You're never going to get them cheaper than this. I know that it's a few months out, but I'll tell you, all right, if you want to lock this in right now at a great price, go to conclaveofwarriors.com and lock in your seats. I'm telling you, this is going to be a life changing event for you. When you walk out of here and people from last year will tell you, you will be changed big time. All right, check this out. If you have not done so already, do it now. We ask one favor of you is to go to iTunes and leave us a review. I myself do a terrible job at this. You know, I don't ask for it enough, but in, in exchange for all the hard work that we put in here and the great information, because I know it's phenomenal information that we're bringing you, and we just ask that you leave us some feedback on iTunes. All right, that means a lot to us. It'll keep us trending higher on those iTunes charts. On top of everything, uh, follow us at Man of War with two R's. We are kicking ass there. Um, some great stuff. I love to DM with you guys, love to speak with you. I'm all about connecting, man, all about um, there's no higher pedestal here. I want to be able to speak to you and be able to see who you are, what you're about, and uh, let's take this ride together, man. We need more warrior-minded individuals in this earth, no doubt about it. All right, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Tom King is just a master at his craft. Some great information here. Definitely whip out a pen and paper because you're going to want to take some notes. Tom King, welcome to the Man of War podcast, my brother. It's an absolute honor to have you on. <clears throat> Thank you. I appreciate it very much. I really appreciate you having me on your show, Rafa. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you, man. And the good thing here is that, that we were talking before the show, you got a pretty strong story here. I like that. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned to you going into this is basically this is completely unstructured. Uh, this is what we like to do here. So we're going to dive deep into who you are, what you're about, your mindset, and how did you get to where you are today. Tom, could you introduce yourself for our audience, please? Um, yes, I'm Tom King. I am the founder and CEO of Staviva Brands. Um, I'm also the CEO of, um, of Icon Foods. We're, that's an ingredient supplier for clean label uh, sweeteners. And, um, and I wrote a book called Guy Gone Keto and launched a consumer brand off of that that has keto-friendly um, condiments. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. So let's take it back a little bit. Um, basically, when you were younger and you were growing up, I mean, were you a fit guy or were you someone coming up and playing sports or anything like that? Um, yeah, <clears throat> I played sports. I, I did pretty well um, uh, in baseball. I pitched and, and, and catched, caught, catched, I guess. Um, you know, and I played football, but I wasn't very fast. So, and I don't think that I was very fit because when I look at, look back on it and, you know, see how fit I am now in the comparison to how fit I was then, um, I just think fitness has come a long way. And I think that, you know, my practices and uh, my workouts have, have also come a long way. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, 
And I want to start digging deep here because um, mm. as far as the keto, it, it's, it's been a very popular thing here over the last few years. Um, but I think that there's a misunderstanding, okay, with these mm. keto diets and, and these products that are out there. You know, everything here and there is keto this, keto that, but I don't know, I'm not buying some of it. So I want you to start maybe shedding some light on, you know, what keto is to you and, and why did you decide to go that route? Um, well, <clears throat> what keto is to me, and I think that the the true definition of, uh, of nutritional keto diet <clears throat> would be 70% fat and 20% protein and 10% vegetables and, um, or carbohydrates, sorry. And those carbohydrates come from, you know, like cruciferous vegetables, like broccoli, cauliflower, any of the greens and stuff like that. And you want to stay away from like potatoes and carrots and, you know, and, and definitely fruit because you want to stay away from things that, uh, you know, that have a lot of sugar in them. Um, because what you're trying to do is get your body, what's called fat adapted, where your body is actually, where your liver is metabolizing fats and converting those over to ketones rather than burning, um, burning sugars and our, and particularly fructose. So our, our liver has that ability to be able to, to metabolize a lot of, um, a lot of different compounds, but, but ketosis is mostly around getting your body to shift from burning, um, sugars to burning fats. And I think that, um, the biggest, the biggest bunch of crap that I get from people, it's mostly vegans who, who tell me that, you know, I'm killing the planet because all I eat is bacon and cheese. And that is one of the big, huge misunderstandings about the keto diet is like, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it's not all about meat and cheese. I mean, can you eat meat and cheese? Yeah. But, you know, I eat more vegetables now than I've ever eaten. Like, I'll eat asparagus and cauliflower. I make a, a bunch of different types of, of uh, soups and, and mashed potatoes using broccoli and cauliflower. So I'm eating a lot more vegetables. So I would say the biggest misunderstanding is that, you know, is that I don't eat any veggies and I'm destroying the planet. Hmm, Interesting. So um, we're going to dive into the diet components mm. and things like that. And I guess I hate to use the word diet because I want to mm. say more as a way of life. Would you agree? Yeah. I, I mean, diets are very temporary. So, I mean, if you if you go on a diet, I mean, that's a temporary solution to a lifelong right. problem. And they're usually not effective. And if you're going to do Whole30 or Paleo or Keto or whatever, you know, whatever works best for you – you have to make it a lifestyle. It can't be one of these things where you just do it for a little while and then you quit because what's going to happen is you're going to get a yo-yo effect where you're going to lose weight and then you're going to gain weight. You're going to lose weight and gain weight. But every time you gain weight, you're going to be gaining a little bit more until, you know, until you're in like full me metabolic disease and diabetes. Sure. Gotcha there. So when, how, how long ago did you start this uh, food brand? Um, well, I started Staviva. I started Staviva in 1999. Mm -hmm. um, we split into Icon Foods in 2000, 2010. And then I launched the Gaigon Keto brand uh, last year uh, when my book came out. Very cool. 
So you've been an entrepreneur starting your own business for quite some time now. I mean, let's talk a little bit first and foremost about some of the challenges that uh, going into a market that was probably saturated at one point. Uh, um, how did you get through it and get where you are today? Um, well, when I got into the sweetener business, it wasn't saturated. I was probably one of three um, you know, three companies that were involved in Stevia at the time. Um so, I mean, it was a pretty wide open field, but the problem was is that the FDA had not approved it as a sweetener, that mm, gotcha. you had to actually sell it as a dietary supplement. And when you get stuck in the supplement aisle, um, that's, that's a lonely place to be when you're a sweetener. Interesting. So you div- what made you go into that? I mean, that's, a, that's an unusual, uh, <laughs> you know, going into the sweetener. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Well, I, I I was living in Arizona at the time and had a job. I worked for I worked for a radio station selling ads and I just I ran into a gentleman, his name was Jim May, and he's kind of a interesting character and a world traveler and he um he gave me like this this little canister of, of paste and he said, You should try this out. So you know, I tried it out and I was like blown away by how sweet it was. So it was about 25 times sweeter than sugar. And I, I asked him, I'm mean, what the hell is this? And he said, this is stevia. I got it from Paraguay. And, you know, I think this will be a great sweetener. And at that point in time, like a light bulb went off over my head and I'm like, wow, this could be, you know, this could really be a great, um, ingredient for, you know, for food manufacturers. And this was about the time when NutraSweet um, was getting pushed through the FDA, you know, and there was people having, you know, a lot of issues with it. Um, and at that point, I, you know, my job, my job that I had at the time supported my, my side hustle of pushing Stevia. Hmm. Interesting. So what makes Stevia so different and so powerful? Um, well, so Stevia, Stevia contains these things called glycosides. And so the glycosides exist in nature. So there's another sweetener called, uh, called monk fruit. And so monk fruit's also based in, in glycosides. So glycosides are naturally existing compounds in nature that have a sweet technical effect, meaning that when you taste them, they're super sweet, but they don't have any effect on, on blood sugar because there's no calorie, calories and there's no carbs. Um, so what's interesting about the stevia leaf is there's 13 different glycosides that exist in the stevia leaf. And so what our company does is, is extracts those particular, uh, stevial glycosides and we can use those for a variety of different, uh, of different foods. Like if you're using one of the glycosides, which is called rhabdoside A, we can extract the rhabdoside A out of the leaf until it's concentrated like at 99% or about 400 times sweeter than sugar. And that particular glycoside is best for um, like sweetening beverages. Interesting. Interesting. So in, in you use it in pretty much any time you, you have a sweet tooth or you need some sugar, you basically substitute stevia for sugar. Um, you can, but I think there's challenges to that because, you know, you can't totally just replace sugar because sugar, sugar displaces a lot of volume. 
So when you when you're looking at you know an eighth of a an eighth of a teaspoon of mm-hmm. of stevia equals one cup of sugar. So if you're baking or or wow. cooking something that requires a cup of sugar, mm-hmm. and now you just reduce the total volume down to you know that one eighth of a teaspoon, you have to add other compounds. Um, you have to have other other compounds in there to make up that space, and so that's where you know our company really started diving into food science of okay, so what other bulking agents or bulking sweeteners can we mm-hmm. add to stevia, you know, to make it usable like a tabletop sweetener? Interesting. And uh, so, it, what talk to me about the other uh, sweeteners out there, like um, what is a Splenda and things like that? I mean. What is the? I know there's. It's a different. They're different completely, mm-hmm. but is what are the challenges of maybe going and competing against these brands? Mm. Well, mostly price because they're so cheap. You know, it's. Uh, you know, you can buy the, the like the compound in in uh, in Splenda is called sucralose, and I mean sucralose is extremely inexpensive, and it's about seven hundred times sweeter than sugar. So we always run into price issues. Um, but as, you know, as consumers become more savvy and they don't want sucralose, they want, you know, they want ingredients <clears throat> on the ingredient statement that they can understand. And, you know, and plus there's, there's <clears throat> science behind the fact that these chemically based sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame, can actually spike blood sugar levels because your your body doesn't recognize it. Your body doesn't recognize it as a as something you know that it can metabolize. So it's trying to figure out what to do with this. Um, at which point it triggers an insulin response. Um, but I mean, the only benefit that you get from it is the abatement of of calories. You're not taking in so many calories. So. I don't know. At that point, it's sort of a push. But I think with natural sweeteners like stevia and monk fruit and some of the alcohol sugars like xylitol and erythritol and the newest sweetener like um, called allulose, um, your bo- those exist in nature. So your body recognizes it and knows how to metabolize it. Hmm. That's interesting stuff right there. <laughs> so let's go back and let's jump into um, your entrepreneur days building this company and basically... <laughs> going through your challenges, okay? I mean, I could see where, um, especially nowadays, I mean, what do you think separates you from the pack? Um, my willingness to to do what it takes to make things happen and to not quit. So I think that, you know, I'm a fifth-generation entrepreneur, and, I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur, and so I think that I learned quite a bit from him, you know, because I saw him, you know, go through, he, he was a contractor and I saw him have a job that went sideways on him and it almost brought him down. And, you know, to watch him endure that and to watch him make it through that um, and even become better was sort of inspiring to me because, you know, starting this the sweetener business was a pretty big challenge because we were stuck in the supplements. And then when it finally got approved as a sweetener in 2008, um, every large manufacturer jumped on board with it. And so I didn't really have the money to be able to, 
to do that. Um, in fact, at that point, I've ex- I exhausted all of my resources. So, um, but I wasn't really prepared to give up at that point. But I did have to suck it up and, you know, call my dad and ask him if he could loan me some money so I wouldn't lose my house. Um, and fortunately, he he loaned me the money and I was able to pay him back in full in less than a year. And then the business started growing legs and taking off. But yeah, if, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, there's you're a courageous bunch of people because there's tons of ups and downs, um, you know, and there's a lot of risk involved. Oh, man, that's uh, no doubt about it. But the most important part, like you said, I mean, you went out there and you never had, you know, you never had thoughts of quitting. You had that never quit attitude, which is such an important, uh, we call it, you know, that warrior mindset. And you were just grinding and pushing forward and you just weren't ready to um, let this fall apart. You were, you know, you were on point. You went to your dad to get the money. You found it somehow, some way. And here you are today with a very successful company in your hands. So I want to go back a little bit here again and talk to me about what made you turn the corner and start living your life in the keto way? Um, that's a really good question. I, you know, the business was doing really well and this was about, <clears throat> this was about four years ago. Um, business was doing well, but personally, you know, I was, uh, I was not in really a great place. I was carrying about 35 pounds of extra weight. Um, I was in the midst of going through a very expensive divorce Um, you know, and I wasn't really living up to my standards or, you know, even the standards of, of people that I respected, you know, my mentors. So, um, I was in Las Vegas and went out to dinner with one of, uh, one of our vendors and they bought dinner and I had a steak and I had potato and I had dessert and then we shared a bottle of wine and I went back to my room at the illustrious uh, Luxor Hotel to the <laughs> scent of booze and broken dreams and regret. And um, yeah, and I just looked in the mirror and at that point. My brother, just a quick break in the action here. Listen, the men of war crucible. This is an experience that will change you forever. It's a transformational experience. If you don't believe me, go to Men of War Crucible. That's M-E-N of War Crucible.com and check out our 22-minute video there. All right, we're talking about a very powerful event. And what I ask you here is this. If you are ready to take it up to that next level, to start strengthening your mindset, to start strengthening your internal fortitude, your drive in life, to get re-energized again and be part of of something very special, be part of a brotherhood. The time is right here, right now. We're doing interviews for group two, and we have a few slots left. So I'm gonna ask you to go to menofwarcrucible.com and submit your application if you feel that you have what it takes. Let's get right back into it. Um, At that point, the pain of looking at myself and examining my lifestyle, that pain, exceeded the pleasure that I was getting from that shitty sort of lifestyle that I was leading. Like it offset the cake, it offset the pizza. And, you know, at that point it's like, I need to make a change. And I'd seen, you know, and been involved in so many companies that had, you know, were leaders 
in the in the keto category that I really leaned into keto because it resonated with me. And when I really committed to it and, you know, and followed the science of it and did the data collection, that's when, you know, my lifestyle completely took a shift. And, and I would have to say my mindset as well. Good stuff. So you consider yourself fitter now than you were, say, when you were younger in your 20s? <laughs> I would say that I'm fitter, but I'm older. <laughs> and one of the things that I've been grappling with is as you get older, you don't heal as fast. So if I have a hard workout or if I bang myself up, it does take longer for me to heal. But I would say that in, by and large, I am in better shape and I do work out and run and take care of myself religiously. Great stuff. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the keto diet itself, mm. all right? And um, you kind of expanded a little bit earlier, but I want to dive deep mm. a little bit more okay. into what it means. And I think there's a little bit of confusion out there because mm. as warriors, uh, we really want to start living a healthy life. And I think this is predominantly right now something that is uh, very important in our society. Mm. Um, we've seen just people overweight left and right people die left and right for for health diseases and um there's a lot of issues with sugar Uh, that's my Mm -hmm. opinion but um we you kind of talked a little bit about you know eating steak and you know meats Mm -hmm. and cheeses i mean give us a glimpse of what a keto diet looks to you outside of green vegetables let's Mm -hmm. just put, put you know let's talk about green vegetables meat and cheese. We know that's part of it, but what else uh-huh. is part of that keto diet? Um, well, I, it, I have a hard time getting enough fat. It throws people off. It's like, oh my God, you're eating so much fat. But you know, fat is very satiating, so you get filled up pretty quickly. So I would say that one of the challenges of, of, of the keto diet is really getting enough fat. And so I get the fat from avocados, uh, fatty fish like salmon, Um, I eat a lot of nuts and nut butter, um, you know, and a lot of green leafy vegetables. And really, you're picking up quite a bit of protein anytime you'll eat a piece of salmon. Even nuts have protein. So there really isn't a big, huge uh, need to add a ton of protein. Um, You know, if you eat a small or moderate amount of protein, you know, you're going to be fine, like maybe four ounces of, of chicken or, you know, maybe two ounces of, of steak. So, I mean, that's one of the sort of misnomers, I think, about that keto diet is that, you know, it's about protein. If you eat too much protein, it'll actually throw you out of keto because your body converts that protein that it can't burn into glycogens and stores it in your muscles. So it prevents you from actually getting into keto. Um the main, but the main thing that you're going to eat is fats like nuts, avocados, anything that you know, macadamia nuts, um, anything that has a high concentration of healthy fats. Hmm. What about um, you mentioned cauliflower mm-hmm. um, and some of the things that I've read about, like, and I've tried it myself, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, like cauliflower pizza, mm-hmm. you know, with just some cheese. I mean, is that something that is? Um, cause I read somewhere, I don't know where, but, uh, that yeah. cauliflower has some, it's at the high carbs, is it? Or, um, 
It's not, it's not high carbs. It's very, it's very high fiber. And so mm -hmm. to calculate like a net carb impact, you subtract mm -hmm. the, the, the fibers from the carbs and that will give you the, the amount of carbs that's impacting your body. Um, I mean, I like cauliflower because there's a lot of, a lot of different things you can do with it. You can make a piece of pizza crust out of it. I generally don't use cauliflower for a pizza crust. I'll generally use almond flour mixed with Parmesan cheese to make a pizza crust. Um, mm. I find that that's just, it, it gives it more of a crispy, I don't know, mm -hmm. um, thin crust, which, which I prefer. Um, mm -hmm. But I do like to have cauliflower, so I'll take cauliflower and steam it, and then I'll put it in a food processor with a half a block of cream cheese and butter and salt and pepper. Sometimes I'll put some herbs de Provence and some bacon in it and turn on the food processor and it makes mashed potatoes. So it's like mashed potatoes, except without the high glycemic carbs and a lot of fibers. Um, so, I mean, those are, those are substitutes that I put into place for, you know, for actual potatoes. So walk us through your daily meals. For example, you wake up in the morning. How does that roll? Um, well, I mean, I usually I usually don't eat anything until about 1 p.m. So I practice what's called intermittent fasting, a 16-8 intermittent fast. So it means that I go 16 hours without food and then eight-hour feeding window. Um, and I find that that really helps me keep my energy levels up. So about 1 o'clock, I mean, I'll have coffee in between. Um, and sometimes I'll put a little bit of half and half in the coffee until one o'clock and then at one o'clock i usually have like a big huge salad with a ton of olive oil on it and um you know some meat and some cheese and you know and i make a homemade ranch dressing um and that will be my lunch and you know usually about between one and two o'clock and then when i get home i'll have you know like a snack and usually the snacks like olives or um uh or nuts or crackers that are made out of just Parmesan cheese. And, and that would be, that's it. So I generally have mm. two meals a day. I have, you know, my first meal starts at one and then I snack at night. Hmm. So you, you don't even have dinner. No, I mean, I find that I sleep a lot better. So I track my sleep with an aura ring and mm -hmm. I find that if I, you know, if I hit too many carbs or eat too much, you know, or it just, you know, overdo it, um, after say six or 7 PM that it mm -hmm. elevates my resting heart rate and sort of disrupts my sleep. So I try to, um, I try to stay away from, you know, eating too much at night cause I want my body to be able to go into, you know, a deep sleep pattern like that. Um, because combining that with a fast, uh, you get like what's called a cerebral flush and where your brain will actually, you know, flush the fluids out. If you have too much glucose in your system or you've got actually just food and you're working on digestion, you're not going to get that same effect. All right. Now, I'm sure some of the listeners here are saying, well, you know, what about when you go out with family, when you go out with friends and restaurants and things like that? I mean, how do you maintain just eating, you know, at one o'clock and then snacking in the evening in situations like that? Um, you don't. <laughs> so it's, and so, I mean, nothing's perfect. I am far, far, far from perfect. So 
Um, you know, I occasionally will get into a situation. It was my birthday a couple of weeks ago and my sisters took me out to dinner. I asked if we could do a five thirty reservation. Um, you know, but I had a couple bites of ice cream and I had a bite of a cookie, which is definitely not keto, but you know, you're going to have those situations and I would say, don't beat yourself up. If you, you know, maintain the lifestyle, you know, when you, you know, you know, when you've gotten off track and just sort of gently nudge yourself back on track without beating yourself up and get back at it. That's a great point. That's, you know, a lot of people beat themselves up and you know what? I mean, no one's perfect. It's okay every once in a while to, to go off as long as you come right back into it. Um, unfortunately, you know, the mentality nowadays at times, they feel like if they've just gotten off, you know, a day or so that they've completely screwed themselves up and then, uh, they kind of stop altogether and they sabotage themselves. Well, that's weak shit. So I hear you. it's like, I mean, I would, I would, you know, try to, to have sympathy, but you know what, everything in life takes discipline and, you know, and in the words of Jocko Willing, you know, discipline equals freedom. So if you want freedom from carrying extra weight, if you want freedom from, you know, feeling crappy about yourself, if you want freedom, you know, to have, you know, a strong, healthy body and a clear mind, then that's going to take a level of discipline. And so if you fall off the rails, if you do something that's, you know, that's not right, you know, with your lifestyle, um, don't throw it in, don't give up, don't go to your your corner and cry. You know, the main thing is get, get your hustle back and get back in there and grind it. Right on, man. Right on. So as far as meats go, um, chicken, okay. Beef, okay. You know, uh, veal, okay. Any, any meat pretty much across the board. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I eat most of those. I mean, um, you know, organ meat is supposed to be really good for you and Mm -hmm. super fatty. Um, but for some reason, I'm just not a big fan of liver unless it's like a, like a liver mm-hmm. pate or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I try not to eat a ton of, of red meat because, you know, it can cause inflammation. Um, you know, chicken, I love chicken. I need chicken anytime. Um, and as far as, uh, you know, as far as, as fish goes, I mean, same that same goes for, for fish as well. Like, I'll eat salmon. Um I like sardines with sriracha sauce on them and, uh, you know, um, and cans of tuna. So, yeah, I would say all of that's fine, but you want to eat it in moderation and make sure that it doesn't exceed like 20% of what's on your plate. Got it. Good stuff right there. All right, so let's dive into your mindset here. Mm. What have been, give me a challenge or so in your life that you just, man, it was one of the toughest things you've ever done. Um, one of the toughest things I've ever done was I, there's so many, <laughs> I would have to say the, one of the toughest things I've ever gone through was, uh, was I, I actually was got sued by, by my ex-wife. Um, we'd been divorced for a while and, um, when I started getting pretty successful, she wanted to get me back into court and, get some of that that was the hardest time because i felt like you know i had to pay for her attorneys i had to pay for you know for her accountants and i had to pay for mine 
um, as well. And it ended up costing me a lot of money and putting me into debt. And that was one of the most challenging times, you know, in my life. And I would say that the thing that really got me through it and, you know, the thing that I, you know, was able to leverage was journaling. So, you know, when I was going through that time and it was super hard, super expensive, um, I never stopped getting up in the morning and doing the first thing was journaling, you know, getting my mindset of everything in life is temporary, even life itself. So all things pass, um, you know, but I would say the journaling process and getting my mind, mindset <clears throat> heading in the right direction and really being grateful, being grateful for for that experience and being grateful for every experience, both good and bad, that actually is shaped who I am. Interesting. So you journal pretty much every day? I don't miss it. Like If I ever missed a day of journaling, I, I don't even know. I would probably just start writing on a wall. So um, for me, journaling is super important. You know, it gives me it gives me an opportunity to like get in touch with what's going on inside of my head. Like, how am I feeling today? You know, what's going on for me? And did I practice restraint the day before? Meaning, did I restrain myself, you know, from talking too much instead of listening? Did I restrain myself from thinking about myself instead of being compassionate? Um, you know, did I restrain myself, um, you know, dietarily? And, you know, another thing that I really dive uh, deep into is what am I going to do today to do or be better? Um, and then finally I wrap it up with what are the things that I'm going to let go of that are holding me back? That's awesome, man. Our principles here, when we talk about the warrior cultures, I mean, for example, you just mentioned something, you know, getting better and hacking away the unessentials. Mm. That's crucial. We call that Kaizen. Mm. And then, uh, uh, and, and the other aspect, you know, where you're extending and giving of yourself and helping others. I mean, that's a that's a very important component. Uh, that's called giri, you know, mm-hmm. in Japanese, which is so important for people to understand that, you know, giving of oneself, man, it's your payback is, is tenfold easily. Um, and if you can, you know, listen to Tom and his mindset, um, I think that you would accomplish a lot of good things in your life, no doubt. So let's talk a little bit about your morning routine. You said mm-hmm. you journal in the morning. What mm-hmm. about physical activity? What about you know getting to work and kind mm-hmm. of structuring your day? Um, well, I usually get up about 4.30 in the morning because um, I need that time and that space to myself. The first thing I do is journal. Um, the next thing that I do is actually go for a three-and-a-half-mile run. <clears throat> followed by a workout, which includes rowing, cycling, um, TRX, weights, and and a speed bag and heavy bag. So that's kind of how I do get my blood going. And then I usually try to spend about 15, 20 minutes in the sauna, uh, infrared sauna, and then a 10 to 30-minute meditation. And this is all before I get to work. And then before I get to work, I, every single day, write down on a pad of the things that I want to accomplish that day. Um, you know, things that I want to goal line. And that is, that's, that's my routine. And I don't even break that routine on the weekends. Hmm. Are you a more of a goal oriented man? 
You know, that's a good question. I think that I'm in the process of moving from being goal-oriented to outcome-oriented. So, I mean, I think that having goals is, I think that's important. And I think that if you're taking that first step to writing things down, you know, like think it and ink it mentality, um, then goals and, and mapping them and, you know, creating action plans, I think those are super effective. But I think that I'm starting to make this shift into outcome-based where I simply focus on the outcome and and map an action plan, but not as, you know, not as tightly as I would, you know, in goal setting. Hmm. So you've kind of, you're kind of going through that uh, change right now and maybe in your life where you're at. How old are you now? I just turned 59. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome, man. And the fact that you have that zest and that energy and, and, and vigor, that that's important. Um, because a lot of people, you know what, Tom, they come up to me and, you know, we do a lot of coaching and, you know, they come up to me and say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm 50, you know, or I'm 53 or I'm 54. And I'm like, listen, you're just started. You know, nowadays, if if you see these individuals like yourself that are being yeah. successful across the board, you know, deep into their 60s and mm-hmm. 70s, and then they're just in great shape and living life. I mean, times have changed. Do you think that? Yeah, I absolutely do. And, you know, there's days that, you know, I get banged up. Sure. But, you know, I think back to a conversation that I had. It was about eight years ago. And I feel feel the telephone call from a customer from Hawaii who was 96. And, Hmm. you know, and he started a conversation with me. And at the time, I think I was like, had just turned 50. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I just turned 50. I can't even believe this. And I had a conversation with him. And he's like 50. You should be out chasing women and partying and having a good time. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Those days are so far behind me. And, um, you know, he made a good point. It's all relative. And you're never, ever going to be younger than you are this very moment. Amen to that. I agree with you 100% with that. Album. We in life we have to you know kind of look forward you know you can't be if you start looking back all the time you're just going to sit stale where you're at and looking forward in life and growing I mean it's so important no doubt and being present man I think that uh, that's one of the things that you know you you're you're present when you journal you're there you're in yeah. that journal you're in that moment and I think truly that has helped you you know we're big into meditation and being able to reflect on on our day and in our and our obviously our strengths and our weaknesses and focus on what we need to strengthen. Um, talk to me a, lo- a little bit about what you think your weaknesses and your strengths are. Um, <clears throat> I think that my biggest strength is not giving up. Um, I, I, would, I would just go through my list of, of weaknesses, but it would take all day. So <laughs> it's, there's so many. Like, I mean, you know, I... <clears throat> I don't give up. That's the plus side. Um, but you know, weaknesses are temptation are, you know, distractions, um, you know, allowing myself to get distracted, not having the level of clarity that I would like. I mean, every day for me is, you know, is a struggle against those weaknesses. And I mean, and I started practicing stoicism probably six years ago. Um, and, I, that really helps me quite a bit because it helps me embrace that, you know, 
going after your weaknesses and tackling your weaknesses is part of the process. And that oh, yeah. there's never a destination. <laughs> it is always right. it is always process and it's always a commitment to getting better. So every single day, you know, I focus on the things that I can do better and, you know, the weaknesses that I can overcome. That's awesome. Overcoming your daily battles. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I'm a big believer that if you can get a couple of wins a day under your belt, you're progressing, you know. Oh, yeah. So many battles are thrown at you. And, and I think that uh, your mindset, which is, you know, a stoic type of mindset, you know, you embrace the pain and you embrace these battles. And somehow, some way, you have that never quit attitude, that never quit mind, which is unfortunately for our society, and I want to switch here to that, um, is not that strong-minded, I think, nowadays. That mental toughness edge has pretty much dissipated. What's your take on our society now? You know, that's something I really struggle with, you know. Um, I was just reading an article this morning about, you know, uh, about this uh, lieutenant commander in the Army and his attitude towards millennials, you know. And I would think that he would just you know, just blast millennials for being lazy and, you know, and entitled. But, you know, the article, the article really, you know, <clears throat> focused on, you know, the things that the good things that they bring. So, I mean, <clears throat> is there, is there a breakdown, you know, it's harder and harder for me to find good employees. And I find that my biggest struggle in owning a business is surrounding myself by good people. And, so are we weaker? I mean, if there was a zombie apocalypse, we would, <laughs> most people would be <laughs> huddled in a corner and they would just be food for uh, the zombies. I mean, funny. not, you know, do, do men today know how to field dress an animal and know how to hunt and know how to build a fire, have a full set of tools? Um, no. And do I respect that? Not so much. Um, but that's my own stuff. Like, I'm not going to throw it, you know, throw it on a certain segment of the population and say, hey, you guys are no good because you don't own a full set of tools. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe right. we need to make a shift into into someplace else. But I'm comfortable with who I am. I like owning a full set of tools. I like knowing that I can build a fire and fill dress an animal. Awesome. Good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. You know, I mean, the... the what I see being a police academy instructors for many years mm. and uh, the, the mental toughness aspect um, from my point of view has really, it, it, it's just not there quite as strong as, as my opinion it should mm. be mm -hmm. um, from a perspective of just understanding life a little bit and, and experiences through, through some, you know, difficulties um, however, you know, you, you're right. I mean, and there is a way that I think that millennials, and if we're just going to talk about millennials, mm -hmm. that there's a way to get to them. And, uh, and, and, and I don't think there's, they're, they're a bad generation. Mm -hmm. You know, shit, I got two kids that are millennials mm -hmm. and, uh, it's just different. You have to understand how to get to them in, in, in kind of like their language. Mm -hmm. um, and they do bring some great things to the table, no doubt about it. Um, mental toughness, though, I don't believe is one of their um, priorities or, or their highlights um, of this generation. But with that said, I think that um, as individuals like yourself that are, you know, hiring new employees and, and leaders uh, like yourself, CEOs, you know, that are leading packs like this, 
um, I guess there is, we have to change our way maybe of communication and that's just the name of the game right now. Yeah. I think that that may, I think that makes sense. I, mean, <clears throat> I um, I, I listened to a, a, a TED talk by Simon Sinek, um, and he was talking about millennials and like how we don't understand them. And he said that they are the most broken generation, you know, because they were lied to. They were told that they were special, that, you know, that they're snowflakes, that there's nobody in the world like them. You know, <clears throat> we had right, participation right. trophies. And, right. you know, that doesn't build, you know, that doesn't build uh, like somebody who's grounded in reality because the reality is there's winners, there's losers that, sure. you know, you don't just step into a company and become the CEO and that you're not really special, that there's hundreds of millions peop of people just like you in the world. And if, sure. and I think that that's what they grapple with because it's like, well, now I'm broken. I'm just going to give up. And it's like, hell no. That's not right, the way right. you attack this problem. The way you attack this right. problem, you know, is is reparenting yourself, you sure. know. And I think that that's probably the, you know, the direction I come from, you know, when when mm -hmm. we hire people that are millennials is reparenting them, you know, and teaching them about winning and losing, you know, and teaching them how to build that self-esteem that they were never given. Awesome. All right. So let, what's your biggest success? The biggest thing you've ever gone through the, that you've accomplished, what has that been in your life? The biggest success. That's a really, that is a fantastic question. Um, I would say that the, my biggest success is watching employees that I hire that may not be qualified for the position that I hired them for but watching them, watching them grow and leading them, you know, in a direction that helps them really ignite as, as people. So my biggest success is really all based in, I guess, making a contribution to, to individuals that, you know, that I bring into my team and watching them you know, and watching them grow and develop and just become amazing people. That's amazing. That's good stuff right there. And the fact that, you, you know, you giving of yourself and seeing others grow and, and flourish based on, on your leadership. I mean, that's, you know, that's heavy right there, man. That's good stuff. Thanks. I like that. Um, talk to me about your mentality when it comes to Overall life in general, I mean, we're talking, you know, here you are, a guy that's 59 years old, you're fit. Um, I mean, how do you take life? I mean, do you enjoy taking vacation, traveling, enjoying life, or you're much or more, you know, you said you practice stoicism, or are you more, a little bit more rooted to the ground and you just, you know, are in day in and day out and you keep that same structure? Um, I would say right now it's day in, day out on a grind. Um, you know, we're making some adjustments and some, uh, making some different sort of moves with the business. So that's hugely challenging for me. Um, you know, moving more from just sweeteners into other things like inclusions, like chocolate chips. So there's a certain level of risk. So I am sort of right now married to the grind. Um, but I think in the next couple of years, I'm going to do more traveling. Like I've been to Europe, uh, you know, quite a few times. I love it there. 
I love spending time in the south of France and relaxing, you know, and reflecting. And it might give me the opportunity to actually, you know, be able to check out for for you know a month or two and you know and finish the other book I'm working on. So, um, but for right now, yeah, my mentality. I mean, I love the grind. I do. I mean, I love going in every day and you know facing the challenges. Um, but I do also look forward to, you know, a time when I can maybe slow down for a month or two and, you know, and relax on vacation. What's your take on money? My take on money is money is the way that you keep score. Like, I don't think money can really do anything for anybody. I mean, it's just the human construct that, you know, that we created. It's basically paper. Um, it, that paper does afford you certain freedoms so i think that money does does provide you what with some freedoms but it really is just a way to keep score on you know on what you're doing so if you run a successful business and you do things that are you know that come from a space of contribution um you know the natural result of that i believe is is prosperity um does prosperity include money i don't know i mean prosperity is a state of mind like you know do you have enough or are you experiencing scarcity i mean so i don't know money is kind of a confusing thing if you don't have it it sucks um when you do have it then you know people are afraid to to lose it so i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure money is a confusing thing what is your definition of success uh, my definition of success is contribution and legacy. And legacy is what you leave behind. And, you know, if you leave behind a bunch of people that are pissed off and, you know, and you took, you know, you took from the world and you never gave, um, you know, that's going to be your legacy. And I, you know, I, it's important for me that, you know, that I leave, by, leave behind a legacy of, of love and growth and acceptance um, you know, and compassion. Good stuff, man. Powerful shit right there, no <laughs> doubt. You. I love it. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, I'm going to give you the, the floor here, all right? Can you do me a favor? Let um, our listeners know where they can follow you on social media and the name of your book. Um, well, you can follow me on social media at Tom King, and so I spell my name T-H-O-M-K-I-N-G. So you can find me on any of the socials under Tom King, um, that's if you want to reach out to me personally, if you, uh, if you want to have, you know, take a look at my book and get a copy of the book and have a look at, you know, the condiments and other mad science that I'm creating, um, you can go to guygonketo.com and you can find me on all the socials at guygonketo. And if you want to see what we're doing as far as ingredients, um, you know, what we're supplying the manufacturers of the world with. Um, you can go to iconfoods.com. Um, and any, any way you reach out to me, you can DM me on any of those and I'll get back to you, um, with any kind of questions. That's awesome. That's awesome. So this is a deal guys. Uh, I'm going to, on the show notes, I'm going to put the link to his book and I'm also going to put the link to his company so you can, and also his, uh, Instagram and, uh, Facebook, um, ID so you can give him a follow. His book is excellent. If you are looking to get into that keto diet, 
um, and really um, appreciate it because I think it's some some good stuff. I myself am going to start focusing on it a little bit more. Um, you know, follow this guy. He has some great things, and also his products are great, good stuff. Um, and I appreciate you for sending me a couple of th- items there that we've been using, especially at MCT Oil and oh, nice. the uh, and the uh, stevia. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, no nice. doubt. Thanks, Rafa. All right, man. Tom, listen, we would love to have you back on soon, man. I'd You're love definitely that. A, a powerful guy, powerful words. I love that, man. That's some good shit right there because <laughs> in my book, you are a warrior. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I totally look forward to coming back on your show. Um, Rafa, what you do is super important because this this is this is sort of the catalyst to help people to really engage. Thank you, brother. Stay safe out there. Thank you. Boom, there you have it. What a great conversation with Tom. Listen, this guy knows his stuff. I know that I was taking notes. I was kind of like, oh, oh, learning all this shit as we went along. So good stuff there. Remember, health is very important. A warrior must maintain himself in a healthy way and must be fit. Why? Because this is the way we're going to get as much energy out of life as possible. Do yourself a favor, follow some of the strategies and tactics and techniques that you learned here from this episode, integrate them into your life. All right, so before we get going, go to conclaveofwarriors.com, pick up your pre-sale tickets now, early as ship, but gotta tell you, you're not gonna see them at this price again. You don't want to miss this event. I'm telling you right now, This is going to be a transformational event, two days in beautiful Fort Lauderdale Beach in December in Florida. Oh my God, that's the best time of the year down here, all right? So I hope to see you then, bring the wife, the kids, all that good stuff and make it a vacation. Until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.